0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scotts score Podcast. Today I'm joined by former Arsenal and Rangers coach Neil Banfield. We discuss his time at Arsenal working alongside Arsene Wenger, leaving Arsenal to join Mark Warburton at QPR and his experience being a coach at Rangers with Michael Beale, All this and so much more. Enjoy the show. So Neil, after you finished your playing career, was a plan always to become a coach? Yeah, I think it was. Um,
1: I think while I was even playing, I think I enjoyed coaching. I took me premium at seventeen. Uh, and I always liked involvement with the coaching as well. I used to take some little Sunday teams, and yeah, I think it was always yeah, it was in the back of your mind that later on. I never really think about it, but I thought about it at the time. But looking back, I probably thought, yeah, it was always going to go that way.
0: And that uh, you spent five years as uh, head of youth at uh, Charlton Athletic. how do you look back at your time there?
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, with fond memories. I really had a really good. I was coaching, and um, I went and coached at the uh, with. Uh, Stevie Grit and Keith Peacock and uh, Alan Kirby, John Cartwright, obviously he had a big influence and you know, really fondly. He had a great time. Uh, it was a good good play, real good play area to start, real good club to start and um, and cut your teeth in coaching. It was really it, I really enjoyed it.
0: I didn't see junior your team there, who were some of the people that you actually looked out to for some advice?
1: Well, I think I think I was I uh, really fortunate that I had um I had I was I had John Cartwright who was my uh Mentor, should we say? Uh, so he was, he sort of it was, it's not Levitt on tap. So I just used John and worked with John very, very closely with John and Keith Peacock as well. We had some good influences. And then in
0: 1997, you moved to Arsenal, and obviously, you were in charge of the academy there, and you had Brown success winning two youth FA Cups. Who were some of the standout players that you helped develop during your time there?
1: I think the players we went through, I was just a I was lucky enough to I went in there with Don Al and Liam Brady when he first put it all together, and Mr. Dean split it up and half and came in, and I went under the youth section with Liam. And uh, through, through through our for our timers uh, at the academy, I think you can start off with obviously the big names: is Jack Wilshire, Ashley Cole was a, was the first group that I worked with, and he was he was pushed right in. Um, Jay Boothroyd, uh, Nicholas Bentner, and then obviously Sess was brought in from abroad, and that was the 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 actual model we were using, get best UK players and um, lads and then uh, put in some really top European players. So that was the ones. And then there was Luke Hayden, there was Ben Shorley, there was uh, Sebastian Larson, Nicholas Spentner There was there was quite a few lads that came through that when I was involved in the youth section.
0: And I see when you first saw called Ashley Cole, when did you realise, oh my God, this guy's going to go right to the top? Well, I can, I'll can never forget,
1: we, we had the 17s and 19s and we went away on a seventeen trip and actually was his was a uh, just joined he was a schoolboy and he uh, got his first year as a as a uh, as an apprentice and we went away at 17, he was 16 years of age and we went up and um played in some tournament in Kew. And I'm sure Stephen Gerrard was playing in the opposite team for Liverpool. I'm sure it is and uh, I just come back and I said to Don out the time this and he's pushing on. And Don took him on and the uh, and the rest of they say, was history. Don said, as soon as you saw him, and he was one of them players that once he got in, he was like a dog with a bone. He was at it all the time. You could see the, the qualities that Ashley had.
0: And then 2004, you became the Arsenal Reserves team coach. How did you find the jump going from working in the academy to dealing with first-team players that sometimes w- w- would be playing in the reserves?
1: Yeah, that was that, that was an interesting... Inter- uh, uh, an in- a couple of interesting conversations I had with Arsene and Pat Rice so uh, uh, it did come up previously that, uh, God bless him, Geordie Armstrong passed away on the fields and um, they they asked, asked me, would I be interested in taking it? But I just got the under 17s and Lu- Liam had asked me to be head of youth. And I always, it was something in me that I always wanted to be head of youth at Arsenal football club. So I declined it. Um, and then it came again, that they brought in Eddie Nizveki. Eddie moved on with Mark Hughes and they, about 18 months later, they asked me again, um, and I said yes, but there was a couple of conversations why I was a bit uh, hesitant in taking it and I had to sit down with Arsen, and we discussed it and uh, the, the the reserve area we thought was a bit, it needed changing. Um, it needed revamping and re looked at how we use it uh, and we made it into an elite an elite team, an elite group um, and you get some first team players coming. He wasn't very fussed about the first team players playing in it, but he liked them to have games and if there was three or four, they would all play together. He would he would look at it and work it out. But we made it as an elite group. And that was the reason I went across, because it was an area that would be well-treated at youth and then going to the reserves. And it's difficult when you've got young players because you've got young pros, you've got pros that play, a little bit um, not happy with things. And uh, that was all very fine, but they go into a certain area. Listen, they've got to be exposed to it. And they've got to deal with players that have got on different journeys. So that was, that. was that, that's, um, that's part of growing up and growing into football that you work... You play with senior pros who were going through different times and different reasons, so that was a good learning curve. But we just didn't think the area was we needed to change it and, and make it more make it more interesting for the, the development pathways of our young players. So and when they, we
0: did, oh sorry, on you go, sorry.
1: Yeah, no problem. When we spoke about that, it was it was really imp- like, uh, appealing to me. It was like continuation of the youth section, but I was actually in with Arsene, actually in his coaching staff, so yeah it was a, it was a good jump and it was a good um it was a good good move i really enjoyed it
0: and what do you say you learned the most from that experience being the reserve team coach
1: i think i think what we tried to do is get away from reserve team so we called it the elite group yeah. um because i think we needed that was one of the areas we needed to to change the the mentality of the players playing in the games and so we, we it was more of that way of thinking that the young players would strive to get in that group to then jump into the first-team training and the gap wasn't too big. Yeah, and you, all the young players were vying to get into that group and we had other coaches, not just myself working with them. It wasn't a one-man row. It was like we was all the youth section and Stevie Boulder myself, and Cole Larram and Stevie um, Stevie Gatting and Dermot Drummy before in. load of people, put a lot of time into them and it was a, a good group and how uh, we worked it. And how we developed the groups. That it wasn't individual; it was individual, but there was quite a few individuals we put together. It, it was a it was a good strategy that took to a lot of planning and worked. I would say three or four years beforehand to to, to reap the success that we put into it. In two
0: thousand twelve, you were appointed as Arsenal's first team coach. Talk me through how that came about.
1: Yeah, once again, Pat Rice, bless him, he decided to retire, um, and uh, Arsenal then invited Steve Bowl from the U headed youth. To become his assistant manager, um, and then he also he wanted to change again the structure of the coaching, the setup, and he invited and he invited myself to come in and be a first team coach at Arsenal with Arsenal. So it was an unbelievable honour and a privilege to go in and work with him. Although I was in his room every day working with the elite group, and I'd go across with the first team to actually then have the title. And even now, you, you look back, and you think assistant. I was like first team coach at Arsenal Football Club. It's a, it was a wonderful honour and a privilege to work at, at that level.
0: And what was it like working with Arsene Wenger?
1: Ah, uh, it was it was phenomenal. It wasn't just yes, it, Arsene had a massive part. It was Bora Primo, who, uh, who 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 goes under the under the radar. He was his right hand man, um, and I learned hell of a lot from Bora. He was Yugoslavian. When it was Yugoslavia, it's now Croatia, he was Croatia captain. But at the time, it was Yugoslavia. Um, he was Yugoslavian captain, and to be captain of that nation when it was a nation, it was. He was, the way he thought about the game, the people that I spoke to was in the in and around and listened to. Uh, it was a, a real good learning
0: experience. And have you got any brilliant Arsene awesome Wenger stories? Well, no, there's,
1: no, there, no it was, there wasn't really any stories. I think everyone's heard the ones, but he was just, he was a real nice guy as well outside of football. He was very open and helpful. And I've been very fortunate. I've worked with some great people from back, from like, even from uncharted days. I mean, when you go into Arsenal, you... You work with Liam Brady, and then you work with Don Howe, and then you work with Arsene Wenger and Bora Primrack, Stevie Bold, and you know, really, really, genuine guys that helped Neil Banfield, who's come from had a bit of a career but was a coach, and you know, sometimes it was, um, yeah, it, all I could say that was nice, nice people to work for, and they even that they knew you, you, you had to, you had to bring something to the table. So hopefully, they respected what I bought as well.
0: What did you learn the most from Wenger?
1: Uh, I think what did I learn from Arsenal? Uh, I think there was there was there was loads, but I think I think patience, believe in what you work at, believe in what you do, don't veer off it, you know, um, keep believing the work you do and also always be in touch with the top level. You got to know the vision of where you want to go as a coach. Um and I think they would be the three things that I would uh, take I would take along with me.
0: And who would you say was the best player that you would uh, work with at Arsenal?
1: Oh, and the senior ones, you, you work with them, you don't coach them, you facilitate them and you, you talk about the players and there were so many. I was very fortunate. I, I was on the same grass as Thierry Henry and I, when I was head of youth, i get across and work with Dennis Bergkamp and, watch, and Robert Perez was a, and he went in and come and even played after. They were wonderful, but I think actually working on the pitches with them as one of the coaches, I think you'd have to, you look at um, uh, Santi Carzola. Santi Carzola was a wonderful player. Uh, Robin and Percy I was fortunate enough to be alongside even at times I'd work alongside per Mertesacker as well they were great players all great players in their own field and once again it's you don't really coach them you know you 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 have men and you talk to them about it and you and um, and you discuss what you're going to do and it's you, you you ask them how they feel I think coaching's changes from going from where the coach was which in front of it it's now the player led and I think as I think senior players have always done that anyway they know what they want and they need as long as you come in with some stuff and you give them some bits of information and they respect it that way and that respect grows and over time you, you form a good a good relationship with the senior players
0: And do you still keep in contact with Arsene?
1: Yes, yes, yeah I do just keep in contact with him I wouldn't say it's uh, every month but obviously so busy um, we do keep in contact we we exchange messages and uh, speak a lot with Bora Primarac and Stevie Bold out in Belgium at the moment I think he's working for the City Group so yeah, we keep in touch
0: and in, in two thousand eighteen, you left Arsenal. Um, how would you look back on your time there?
1: Oh, what 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 can you say? Words? Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. And you look back at the time when you're involved in it, and you're you're on the front line, so to speak, and you're working with it every day. You don't really take it all in, but the times that but then when you come out of it, and you have got the cup finals, and 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 European cup finals, and the championships, and running for the premierships, I should say, and. And, and running for it, all it was a and going on tour with them and seeing the world. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: And if you had to pick one, Neil, what would it be? What would you say your your favorite memory of all time at Arsenal is?
1: Oh, for, I think when I was I was with I was in at the club when they won the leagues. It was a, it was a say oh being involved with the club that yeah we've won the league that was great and seeing them win it at Ivory that was emotional. Being a bit of a fan as well and seeing them lift the Premiership. Um, and then one way at Manchester United, and that was great. And being to the Cup Finals, and I think all the Cups and the Cup Final and the days we had out well, they were great times. Great times. It, It'd be difficult to mention uh, anyone.
0: Uh, and then obviously you worked with Mikel Arteta as well. See when he was a player at Arsenal, did you see signs that he could go on and be a coach?
1: Yeah, I think I think he was always knowing where Mike, uh, Mikel was going. He, he was like a he was like a little Napoleon on the pitch, and he was tactically really really astute and. Once again, you would, you know, you don't coach Miguel. You uh, help him and facilitate, him and give him little bits, and he earns your respect. You like, you get your he like, he respectful to you, and you he trusts you in the end by what what you tell him. Um, and again, coming from a nil just a Neil banfield, it's, and you you've coming from just a coach. He he showed me great respect, and hopefully he he thought that what I did was good for him.
0: And do you, do you think Arsenal could win the league this year?
1: Yes, I do. I think it's going to be a big ask. Um, maybe that's my heart speaking, if I'm honest. Uh, but I really, really, I'd be loving to win it. And I think there's a, still a few twists to go. I know Liverpool are five points clear at the moment, but I think maybe Arsenal have had their their little blip where I think the blip come a little bit towards the end of last season. I think they're ready for it. And I, I think football's really, there's twists and turns in the game, what goes on. But I think... You don't win the league in December, January, but you get yourself in a good position to win it. And I think they're in a great position to strike. And uh, I really hope they go on and win it. Yes.
0: And uh, in 2019, you were appointed as QPR first-team coach. Talk me through how that move came about.
1: Well, that came from knowing Mark Warburton. Mark was uh, the head of youth at Watford when I was at, over the fence, match, so to speak, when I was at Arsenal at London Colney. So we'd have a relationship, we formed a relationship. he would come over, we'd go over there, Was always playing against one another. We just got on and Mark invited me to. He said, Would I like to? He then he got, when I left Arsenal, he got in touch with me. He said, Let's see if he, if he does get a position, would I go? like to go with him? And I said, Yeah, love to. He got the QPR big job. And um, I went into QPR again with uh, Mark Warburton, John Eustace as well. Great times. Um, Matt Gardner and um, Gavin and Herbs, the, the actual backroom staff. Yeah, I've been really fortunate. Some good people.
0: And I, I spoke to Mark a couple of months ago, and he was telling me that it was difficult to work at QPR due to the financial difficulties at the club. Oh, that as well, yeah,
1: yeah. Obviously, you you don't you're not privy to all the conversation that Mark has with with the um, with the owners of the club. But it, it was very it was it was difficult for Mark for what he wanted to achieve. But what he achieved, and how he worked, and being in the room, and there he was um, working to make the best for Queen's Park Rangers in a real hard... I think he'd done exceptionally well. And if you look at the record and what he achieved, with very, very little in, like financial help, I think it was a, it, I think he did really well.
0: And then what, well. what was Lee Wallace like to work with?
1: Yeah, he was, yeah, another one. Another one that you think should be a good manager, a good coach, was really ask good questions, was really... Um, student of the game thought about the game wanted to know about the coaching sessions and and had a lot and had real good things to say in our team meetings and and you'd like to I'd like to think you think yeah there's there's a football manager there you know and the football manager coach is a is a different side but you know it I know Lee was when I went up to Rangers he was working I know he's working at it and I think he might be wanting time to come through as a manager yes I do.
0: And anyway, then Mark and I were both saying this as well. See CB Lee Wallace, he's a a captain that leads by example. He's not one that used to shout like shouting ball on the pitch. He's like, the ultimate professional. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred. percent when he came to Rangers and what he gave the team and the respect that was he was earned by obviously when Lee come down from Rangers to Scotland and played and by three or four games he was one that he was very, very, very well respected. Um, and I was speaking to the way he held himself and carried himself. It was. He was a great... I really enjoyed working with the league.
0: Not long after uh, Wolverton left, QPR, Michael B was appointed and QPR started the season off really well. Then a few months into the season, Rangers came calling. Uh, What was your reaction when you first found out about it?
1: Well, obviously there was a little bit of noise beforehand with Michael going to Wolves and I think there was a little bit of... It seemed like things got... I don't know what really went on and and what was said but uh, Michael turned Wolves. He didn't... He decided not to go and I think he had a big upheaval, and he said to the club, wars didn't happen." Uh, but yeah. then Rangers come called him. and obviously he lived in Stirling he and his family—they went to school there, and, and his his youngest daughter was born in Scotland. So there was a big there was a big pullback on him to to go back to um, to Scotland. Um, so um, he it was always in his heart to go back to Rangers. He really had a feeling for the club and enjoyed it there. So I think it wasn't just the football with Michael, it was a big, a big emotional calling for him to go back. Um his boys were went to school there and he really enjoyed it. So I think that was what um what caught what was a big part of his decision to go back to Rangers.
0: And it's even asked you to join the coaching staff, is it a no-brainer for you? Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's no there's not a it wasn't a brain at least I really enjoyed my time and it was, it was Les Ferdinand, it was great for me. And but there's clubs. I think there's there's clubs around the world that when they come calling, and this is this is not like um, how can you say um big in rangers up but the rangers are a massive massive football club I think Scotland there are two but rangers is a massive massive football club and when they come in world football not just in world football but, um you you can't turn that that opportunity down um and you go up to Scotland they come up to Scotland without really thinking and but the time I had in glasgow in Scotland I really I I loved it up there. I really really enjoyed it. My wife and my family enjoyed coming up. It was a it was a it was a real nice. I really enjoyed it. Yes.
0: So so when so when uh, you and Michael arrived at the clubs, what did the board say to you? Did the board what were the objectives going into that season?
1: Well, no, I don't think. I think it was just this. That was Michael's conversation he had with his board, and um, we wasn't privy to that. And we just got on with our job. And Michael was our manager, and we worked away to to do the best for Michael and Rangers when we were there.
0: And how did you find working in your first Old Firm derby? Oh, it was, yeah, you hear a lot
1: about it and it's, it doesn't disappoint you. It's a, I think the old, firm, the old Firm family, the Old Firm uh, game was was really a, a really good experience, but I think there was a fans issue. So you didn't really feel it until we actually played the Old Firm derby at hand in the cup final when it was 50-50 fans. And, oh, what an experience. Obviously going into the Lions then, should we say, at Celtic. And that was another wonderful, another great football experience. So, yeah, loved every minute of it. And it, it was really ferocious and uh, intimidating and exciting.
0: Would you say it's the biggest derby in Britain?
1: Yeah. Uh, a bit, obviously, Arsenal, Tottenham's a good derby and um, a real good, that's a ferocious derby as well. I've never been, I've been to play, never actually been into the Liverpool Everton derby, but I've got to say I think the uh, the Rangers Celtic Derby is yeah, I think it's right to bite right up there.
0: And who were some of the big characters in the Rangers dressing room during your time there? Well, obviously you've got Tav, well,
1: what a legend. Um Alan, Alan in golf, another fantastic character and leader, and um Scotty Artfield and uh Connor Goldstein. Yeah, they good 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 guys, real good guys, real good guys.
0: And what was it like working with James Tavenier?
1: Oh yeah, it was uh, he's the ultimate professional. Uh then you look at how many goals he scored from that right back position. Again, a true Rangers legend. You walk through the tunnel and there's all the legends on the walls and you know, and you see James and he carries himself so well and the, the way he is as captain, first class, absolutely first class.
0: Obviously you mentioned Alan McGregor a little, but was he like to work with? Because obviously big Alan McGregor he's yeah. a character with our short views.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he's Alan 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 was I've got to know, seen Alan play and when he was playing he made some saves that were exceptional You know, and, uh, and his final season was emotional was the last game when the lads left and his testimonial yeah, I was really respectful to Alan and what he's achieved in the game what he's achieved fantastic
0: and There's one game I need to ask you about remember the Aberdeen game at Pataudry where Rangers were 2-1 down then Michael Beale brings on Scott Arfield, then Rangers mm-hmm. want to win it three two. What were the emotions like? 2 um, oh, time whistle.
1: Yeah, I think obviously that was one of our early or early games, and Michael had told us and to, told us up in Aberdeen it was a tough place to go to. Um, we're sitting on the bench and we are two one down and Michael says, "Yeah, put Scotty on. Him. The rest, as they say, is, is history." And it, the old place exploded. It was it was a good night. It was a real good night.
0: No, oh, Definitely, I think that was one of the standout uh, results from Michael Beale's reign but uh, just going into obviously this season um, it didn't really uh, work out, Michael Beale and the rest of the coaching staff were d- uh, dismissed um, is there anything Michael or yourself looking back now that you would have done differently?
1: No, obviously you can't speak too much about it And but no, I don't think so He's, uh, at the end of the day uh, the Rangers is bigger than Neil Banfield and it's going to be it's a massive club and you know, it's um, they do what they feel best for the club, obviously.
0: And uh, overall, how would you sum up your experience at Rangers?
1: Yeah, I loved every moment of it. It's, I really do. And or, or, I, when you come away and you sit down and you reflect on what you went to be at Rangers, uh, yeah, it was a real. For I wasn't there very long, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, and I met some really um, made some nice, good friends um. And it was a fantastic experience. Loved everything. In it.
0: And uh, Michaels at Sunderland now, I was gonna ask, I was surprised to see that you didn't join him there. Like if you don't mind me asking, what was the reason for that?
1: No, Michael's got into um, to to uh, Sunderland, he's taken a role and listen, it might come along that we can work again together, but I think football nowadays is it's because the financial with some of the clubs that financially and listen, now they have their own good staff. You know, they're six they were six they're six in the league and they've they've got some good people. So you, it's just it's just one of it's how it is and they wanted to take Michael. And again, that's Michael's own conversations with the owners at Sunderland and he relays what he wants to do. And we'll see. Hopefully you never know that one day it might be uh, you might get the call to go and work with him again.
0: And then what sticks for yourself in the game, Neil? Um is management ever appealed to you, or are you just content being a coach? I've got to say yes. I think
1: in as a guy, go- yeah, I think I, I've always enjoyed coaching. And I really enjoyed your day-to-day involvement with the players and working with the players and being around football and being involved in football. Um, look, I think now, have your chance gone of becoming a manager? Probably yes. Obviously, I was 62 um on the 20th, a couple of days ago, and you see yourself, these young coaches have come. I still think I've got lots to offer. Um, would I become would I like to have had a go at manager? And would I still like yes, I would, has my chance probably gone? Yes, again, probably will have gone, but I think there's a, it's a gaps opening up where there's young managers that they do need some people that's been been through it and can guide them along the way and has got a lot to offer within the game, which I think the football's always had. When I first went to Arsenal, we had um, Don Howe, and Braden, great experience. I think you've got to have this experience within a club. You've got to have, whether it's me or whoever it is, I think you've got to have some people that know how the game goes and how to work. And, and help the young managers along their way. Yeah, I do think so. There's a place for senior uh, experience in the in the backroom staff, without a doubt.
0: And the and just as, as sort of... Of, yeah,
1: I think I think as well of running the club as our club runs because I was so involved with um, Arsenal in the whole the whole lot of the academy. So there's a lot, to, and I think when you're at a club or you've been football a long time, you know how the, the club should work and be a successful club. And I think you've got a lot to offer here. Yeah, I, I really do, really do
0: and I see some of the youth managers coming through in the game nowadays, what would you? What bit of advice would you give them?
1: I think, what advice would I give them? I think I'd probably say to them, I think Arsene said to me much, always be in touch with the top level. Always be looking to where you want to go. A little bit of patience, you know, sometimes you need to just step back a little bit. It's an emotional game, but when you're in it and you're running, you, you make a decision, it comes from the heart at times. But just always have to step down and keep your calmness. Um, but always try to be in touch with the best level it is, so you know where your teams going Have a clear vision to what you're going to do, and and don't make it too complicated. Be nice and clear. Uh, players like don't make it don't make it too complicated for your team. You know, give them nice, 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 clear messages, and and be honest with them. Be honest with your staff and your team.
0: Hey, would you be willing to work abroad?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I've. I think I've been very fortunate enough to be where was based in London. I worked at Charlton and had a really, really long and successful spell at Arsenal. Um, then absolutely go to range at uh, QPR or been in London. in then uh, later in your career, you'd come up to Glasgow and you sort of like think, well, you might have done it the, the different way around. And it was a little bit when you, you sort of like, you're getting older and you're setting your way, but you know, you, you embrace it. You never stop learning this game. You never stop. And I think that what I would always say to coach, know, when you, always looking where's 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 football moving? Be it, where's it where's this game we love where's it going always be in touch with it and and then to go up to Glasgow leave your home travel up get your own flat live on your own you know what an experience and I think that has opened it to say yeah if I can go from London to Glasgow I can, I can go anywhere you know it was uh, but I, I thought i really enjoyed the Scottish working with uh, going up to Scotland now warm the Scottish people working on us it was um, yeah, really, really it was a real great experience.
0: But you see the standard in Scotland surprised you.
1: Yes. Yes. I think it doesn't get the right I think there are a couple of games. There are some games where you look at them and and if you're honest, you go, they weren't they're not good matches, but you watch some of the games on the television down in South Wales, and you, they're not great. But they're not you think, okay. But I think when we played every team in Rangers, obviously being Rangers, every team we went to and the, the fans that you you took to clubs it. I think the players you were playing, they raised their game. So there was always tough, tough games. Tough, tough games athletically and also competitiveness. You had to earn the right to get your game out. Uh, and I think Scotland, I think if you... I think Scotland, I would recommend definitely uh, any young player who wants to go and north of the border, jump at the chance. Your hips and hearts and you go and go and embrace it and have a go at it. It's, it's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good place to go and, and develop as a player.
0: And I seen Michael Beale's comments recently. He was talking about that he felt was though he was doing too much at Rangers, that like, like he had like he was wearing too many hats. Is that the case? And would you agree?
1: Um, again, it's difficult for me to speak in that terms. You know, that's Michael's decision, and if that's Michael, if that's what Michael feels. That Michael feels. I've got no real opinion on that one. He he had to. I think it was a case of circumstantial that it was he had to do. Yeah, he had to get on and do it for it. So, but that's for 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 Michael to, to say how he felt.
0: And then do you think Rangers could win the league this season?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I think there's a lot to play for at Rangers. I think um I think if they win their two games in hand they go to is it two, three points behind? Yeah, and they've, they've got, got to, two in hand,
0: yeah, they go two points yeah, behind. They've
1: got to play Celtic I think there's a lot to play for. You know, obviously looking and you keep your eye on it, they're getting to move people in and um you know, and, uh, you know, they win their games in there and the seasons, they've got a lot of lots of play. They've won a trophy, which is great. That would now won a cup. They've, they've felt that winning sensation. And um, I think the seasons, um, see how this part, how it pans out, is really interesting. They're in great into Europe. they they qualified, a great result, at real better. So the season, I think, is really in a really good stage. it would be interesting to see what goes on.
0: Hey, what, was you, what would you say your standout memory was in your time in Glasgow?
1: Um standout memory. I think um in Glasgow not a lot of ranges.
0: Yeah, I mean just i just
1: I think the standout moment was walking out of the dressing room, over the corridor, or the wood, down the ch- down the out of the tunnel with all the glue and the Rangers blue and walking right through and coming out into the massive range of fans and the, and the um, the emotion that you could feel was uh, was a, was an experience that uh, made my tears on my back in the next time it was uh, it was a great experience and it was safe for me for, for his uh, next
0: what would you say was more intense um and where would you say what would you say is more demanding uh, being a coach at Arsenal or coach at Rangers?
1: No I think they both bring their both they both bring their uh, uh intensity for for similar reasons they're both massive clubs they want to win I think if I'm honest, being at Arsenal helped me in good stead to come up to Scotland and at Rangers. Um, the intensity, and I think it's, I think it's also, um, looking back at being at both clubs, the actual you're working, you know what you're working to, and you know you're working to win every, and that's what the two clubs I think have are both of Yeah, you have got to be at clubs that they're not happy coming second; they want to win. And um, mm-hmm. I think having the years at Arsenal, the Elgin great stead to go up to Rangers and then you embrace that again I think that was the feel that I think
0: and I need to ask you obviously everyone's got an opinion on this Va what's your thoughts are you a fan yeah
1: I think I think we've got it now I don't think it's going to change so I think it's uh, I think it's maybe been put on us too quickly too quickly too fast I think I think there's been a lot of TV problems I think it's something that I think if you use it correctly will be a good a good tool and, and a help out I think it's it's getting into areas where it's a bit difficult and it takes too long of time. There are a lot of, lot of teething problems and say so much teething, but maybe to throw it right in the Premier League and then, uh, and what it brings, I think the Premier League being in Europe where the game's a little bit slower as well and it's a little bit, you know, but in the Premiership down south, it's so fast and the decision drop you make so quickly and um, I think maybe there should have been a little bit of thought for when we, when we push this out, you know, make sure Make sure when you push it out, we don't have this so much going on. Uh, but I think it's, large, what we've got, we've got to live with it, and we've got to know how to use it. And I think it's got to be changed a little bit. Yes, I do. But I think it's a, I think overall, it's a, it's a, it's a real good uh added to our game. Yeah, without that.
0: And this is a big topic of discussion in Scotland. Uh, plastic pitches. What do you make of them?
1: Yeah, I think up in Scotland, I think they've got to have it again. It's a, it's a, it's another part of what, yeah, you know, it's a part of football that. That's in Scotland, I think you know, you deal with it and you just get on with it. You know, that was, you know, it's not as it's though not so you come in one day, it's all grass and you go, oh, we're playing on AstroTurf tomorrow, you know, or, or you know. Um, I think it's part of it and you deal with it. And same as injuries, same as losing players, it's part of the game. I, don't, I think it's that, do I like it? No, I think it's it, it's a different kind of game. And um, obviously, I've been a, on the grass all my life and then to have a, I've had with me, went away a couple of times with Arsenal and played in Europe. When it was winter, and they had a astroturf, difficult, but they had four G at the time. I think it's always improving, but it's never it's never going to be like Brass and it's a different game. But again, it's I think that's why the game is such a good game. It's it adds something to it, so you know it's coming. You know before the season kicks off, how many games you're going to have to get on. You just go on with it and deal with it.
0: Are they just can. Oh, uh, just to finish off, you ask everyone that comes on the podcast this question: uh, Who thinks better, Ronaldo or Messi?
1: For me, oh, they're a wonderful player. How oh, can you say? Him? But I'd probably, I'd probably go for Lionel Messi, but then I'd probably go for Maradona above the pair of them. That's yeah. only because of my my uh, my age, I think. But they're two. Listen, they are two wonderful, wonderful players. Yeah. I'd like to have Messi's left foot, just a little bit of what he's got. His ability and Ronaldo, wonderful, wonderful
0: players. Yeah. So is Maradona uh, Neil Banfield's uh, great player of all time.
1: Uh, I'd have to. Go. I think Cruyff was close, but I think Maradona. Just, just footballistically, just football, just football of well, some of the, I think some of the, um, I think when you look back, uh, there's rules of Maradona. I like the left back at, who um, was at uh, Real Madrid as well. I think he's a Brazilian, wonderful like, player, nine, nine six. You know, I'm thinking about uh, Maradona when you see some of the clips of Maradona, and um, I think the protection that Ronaldo and Messi get from referees now, if you look at some of the clips that uh, Maradona's played in and gave out as well, it's tough. Georgie Best, some of the tackles. I think I think that I think would, would Messi and Ronaldo have dealt with them? Yes, without that. But um you don't see that side of them that Maradona had to be so strong, and physically brute, really. And I think it's wonderful again, but technically and the from very tough
0: guy tough guys. Neil it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for coming on the show
1: it's been my pleasure and thank you for Scott thank you for having me on it's been a, I've really enjoyed the conversation I hope it's okay for you thank you very much
0: thank you mate thank you very much for listening to the show if you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score they're available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud until next time take care and we'll see you soon